Good morning, church. I'm Mike Denius, and we're in a sermon series called The Q. We've been looking at the questions that Jesus asked in Scripture. I don't know about you, but it's been really challenging to me, and I've been learning a lot. Um, it, I haven't had this much fun studying Scripture in a long time. Today, we're looking at a question that Jesus asked, and the question is, do you love me? Do you love me? Before we get to the verse where Jesus is actually asking that, I want to read a few other verses. The first one is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 5. It says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. This verse is part of the Shema. It's a, it's a prayer that Jewish people would pray, often up to three times a day. It's to remind them. It's to encourage them. It's to help them see their love for God. And it's to put their love for God first. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, Jesus is asked a question. It says, Teacher, which command in the law is the most important? Jesus answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and most important command. And the second is like the first. Love your neighbor as, your, as you love yourself. All the law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commands. When Jesus is asked, what is the most important command in all of Scripture? He quotes the Shema, this prayer that any Jewish person would know from Scripture. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all of your mind. Keeping that in mind, let's look at today's verse. It's found in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. It says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? That sounds like a really simple question. When, when Tim asked me, will you preach this sermon on do you love me? I'm like, heck yeah. Loving Jesus is easy and awesome. This lesson is going to be a piece of cake. 
Good Lord, there's a lot to this passage. There is so much more that I didn't understand about it. I've learned so much looking at this scripture and the words behind it and the meanings behind it and everything that is going on here. There is so much. Do you love me? Again, it's a simple question. C.S. Lewis once said, On the whole, Christ's love for us is a much safer subject to think about than our love for him. This passage has an issue with language because English is a blunt instrument compared to other languages. And, and what I mean by that is like, I say I love my wife, Cassie. I say I love my children. You instinctively know those are two separate types of love. It's a love for a wife and a love for a child. I love pizza. I love my dog. I keep using one word for all of these different types of love. And many of you know the Greek language is more precise and that there are multiple words for love. And each of those words for love has a different meaning. In this passage, when Jesus says, Peter, do you love me the first time? He says, do you agape me? Agape is the highest form of love. It's the type of love Christ has for us. In Luke 14, verses 25 through 26, it says, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Jesus is not telling us to hate people. What he's saying is that our love for him, our calling to love him, should make all the other loves pale in comparison. That is the kind of love that Jesus is calling Peter and us to. Do we agape Jesus? Our love for him should make all other love pale in comparison. When Jesus says, do you love me? He said, do you love me more than these? In, uh, in that scripture, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Right there in verse 15. He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. I have been studying just this phrase, all of these. So often when I read this in the past, I thought, hey, there's other disciples here. Jesus is pointing to these other disciples. Do you love me more than them? Just like that passage in Luke was saying. And that's a valid point. That could be what Jesus is pointing to. Do you love me more than these other guys? Yes, I love you more than them. But there was another idea put in front of me over these past couple weeks as I'm studying this. You see, if you go back and read, starting... Uh, this whole chapter is about Jesus coming back and, and he wants to reinstate Peter. And Jesus is already resurrected. He's, he told, when he came back, he told them, tell the disciples and Peter to meet me in Galilee. They're not in Galilee. You see, Peter has failed Jesus. He denied him three times. 
How many times have we failed at something new and just gone back to what we know? See, Peter was a fisherman. When Jesus called him, he was fishing. And now he's telling them to meet me in Galilee. But Peter has failed Christ. Feels worthless, I would assume. This is just me putting my thought in it. He doesn't go to Galilee. He goes back to what he knows. He goes back to fishing. And when Jesus is talking to him, there's a boat and there's fishing tackle. There's his known world. What if Jesus is pointing to the boat and the tackle and, Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than the comfortable life that you're familiar with? Do you agape me over all of this? Are we willing to step out in faith because we love Christ? And then Peter answers him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you more than these. And it doesn't matter. Is Peter pointing to the disciples? Is he pointing to the boat and tackle? He's answering Jesus, I love you more than that. But again, we have a problem with our language. You see, Jesus said, do you agape me? Peter answers, yes, I follow you. What? So Peter doesn't use agape, the highest form of love. He uses philo, brotherly love. Yeah, bro, you're my homeboy. You see, Peter isn't rising to the level of love that Jesus is asking him. Do I love Jesus because of who he is? Or do I love my perception of Jesus, who I want him to be? Again, that C.S. Lewis quote, it's so much safer to talk about Christ's love for us than it is to talk about our love for him. Because he has the highest form of love for us. But do we have the highest form of love for him? Is Jesus my Lord, my Savior, my King? Or is he my homeboy? Is he my genie? Is he my get-out-of-jail-free card? There's a, a On the website, on greateraltonchurch.com, you have notes there. You can follow along with us. And in those notes, there's a few links. One of them is a, is a song by Natalie Grant called King of the World. The whole song is her talking about how did she forget that Jesus is King of the World. Her perception of Christ was not correct. He wasn't in charge of everything. He wasn't, she didn't have that highest form of love for him because she lowered him. Do we do that? I think of, I think of Talladega Nights. I think of Ricky Bobby and Cal Norton sitting there at the table getting ready to pray to Jesus. And they're like, dear 8.6 pound baby Jesus in your infantile state. Oh, I die laughing every time. And then Cal's like, well, I think of Jesus with like a mullet. And he's a business up front, but he's party in the back. And he's kind of dude you want to hang out with. I've seen t-shirts, and I, I want one, I'm not going to lie, of Jesus riding a velociraptor. What? I love it, but it's not correct in the least. Do we have a, a skewed version of our Savior? There's also another uh, link there for a video clip from the TV show The Chosen. I love The Chosen. If you haven't watched it, I highly suggest watching it. They're uh, filming season two right now. You can crowdfund them. 
You can get their Blu-rays or DVDs, so worth it. But we're gonna watch this video clip and we're gonna see Jesus' love for people. We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you gonna do with a mind like yours? Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. Yes. I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? I grabbed it without thinking. You can put it back. No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. Well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. Okay, so in the video clip, you see Jesus call Matthew, a tax collector, despised by his own people. And Peter steps in front of Jesus and says, do you know who this man is? And Jesus turned and looked at him and he says, get used to different. Jesus has a love for people. In that show, you see him eating with tax collectors. You see him eating with prostitutes. You see him loving people that are unloved. And it's so deep love. So this exchange, Peter, do you love me, happens again in the scripture. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And again, Jesus asked, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter goes, yeah, I follow you. Do you love me with everything you've got more than anything else? Yeah, you're my homeboy. The third time Jesus asked him, 
he doesn't say agape. He says, Peter, do you philo me? And Peter is hurt. I never caught that before. I never caught that there's a change in the word love. Jesus lowers his standard to Peter. Peter, okay, I get you're not loving me above everything else, but do you really philo me? Do you really have this brotherly love for me? And Peter is hurt. I always just thought, okay, so Peter's remembering I failed him three times. I denied him three times, so now he's got to ask me three times, do you love me? But no, Peter is hurt because he realizes he's failing again. He's failing Jesus again because he's not rising to the level that Jesus is calling him to. And then Jesus does something really strange to me. Super strange. He says, okay, you love me. Here's how you're going to die. What? Why, why would you do that? Why would you tell the man who denied you three times in front of people because he was scared of his own life, and then now he's failing you again by not being in Galilee, and then not rising to the level of love you're calling him to, why are you telling him he's going to die? Something I realized that's really beautiful about this scripture is that Jesus is not humiliating him. God will never humiliate you. He will humble you, and that's different. But what Jesus is doing is encouraging Peter here. Mike, he's telling him he's going to get crucified. How is that an encouragement? Peter has failed Christ. He denied him three times publicly in front of people, ran away crying because he has failed. Jesus says, you're not going to deny me anymore. You will go to a cross and you will die because you acknowledge me. You will die for your faith. You will die because you love me. That's amazing. I never saw that before. I always thought, this is weird. You're telling this dude he's going to die. But it's so beautiful if you think of it like that. And there's so much to the scripture, and we don't even have time to unpack all of it. One day, maybe we will. But the question we have before us is, is do you love me? Do you agape me? Do you have the highest form of love? Do you love me more than anything else? Am I your number one? And this isn't a question like a little kid who is starving for attention from his parents. Do you really love me? This isn't a teenager asking their significant other, do you really love me as an affirmation for what they're about to do? This isn't Jesus asking Peter, do you love me? Because Jesus needs our love. Sometime do yourself a favor. Look up God is Not an Egomaniac by John Piper. It's a powerful lesson about how we're commanded to praise and love God. And it may seem like God is this needy girlfriend who needs our praise and our worship. It's not true. God does not need our love. We need to love God. We need to love God. It's something that our souls require. God is complete without our love. God is complete without our praise. But God understands that we need to love him above all things for our life and our walk with him to be in step. So do you love Jesus? 
Do you agape Jesus? Is he your number one? Is he above all else? If I asked you, do you know that I love my wife? And you said yes, you have proof. You have evidence that I love my wife. When I love Jesus deeply, there will be evidence. When I love Jesus deeply, there are things, there will be things that I want to do. Number one, when I love Jesus deeply, I will want to sacrifice for him. You see, in verse 15, Jesus is asking Peter to give up all he knows again. He shows him it's going to cost his life. Are you willing to sacrifice for Christ? Is your love for Christ allowing you to sacrifice for him? When I love Jesus deeply, I will want to obey him. I will want to obey him. Jesus tells Peter to follow him in verse 19. Jesus tells Peter to follow him again. There is a difference between begrudgingly begrudgingly obeying and wanting to obey. It has to do with your heart. It has to do with the desires inside of you. Where are you this morning? Where is your heart this morning? Is it completely and totally devoted to Christ? Or is there something holding you back? Are you just Jesus is my homeboy? Or are you Jesus is my Lord, Savior, and King of the universe? When I love Jesus deeply, a third thing is I will want to share his love with others. In verses 15 through 17, Jesus is saying, feed my sheep, take care of my lambs. He's telling Peter to tend the flock. You can't tend a flock without sharing Christ's love. Scripture says that a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Jesus says your light will be made evident among men. If I love Christ deeply, I will not be able to contain his love. My heart will overflow with love. When I study for a sermon for the, like this one, or like the one I did a few weeks ago, it is so hard for me to not talk about it. Uh, not last night, but last Friday. Our whole small group was me just talking about this. It was me just talking about the scripture. Because it's so powerful. There's a song said I wasn't going to talk about it, but I couldn't keep it to myself. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus is telling Peter to share his love with others again. I keep saying again. I don't know if you caught that. I keep saying again. Because Peter is being called to all of this again. Do you understand why? See, in in John chapter 21, Peter's been fishing all night and didn't catch anything. And they see Jesus on the shore. He's cooking some fish. He's made them breakfast. And Peter's like, we didn't catch anything. And Jesus is like, toss your net on the other side. And they do. And they haul up this whole big catch. It sounds familiar. And I would love to say that I'm such a good Bible scholar that I put two and two together, but you know, I always thought there was just one story in Scripture about Peter catching a big, large catch of fish, and I never put two and two together, but there's two. See, this is John chapter 21. In Luke 5 is the story of Peter being called. And you know what happened in Luke 5? Peter's out fishing all night, didn't catch anything. And Jesus says, let your net, your net down on the other side. And guess what happens? He hauls on a big catch fish. And Jesus says, leave your nets and follow me. Now fast forward, three years later, we're standing here. Jesus has come back to life. Peter's not where he's supposed to be. 
He's where he knows. He's where he's comfortable. He hasn't caught a thing. Jesus says, let down your nets. Catches a whole big mess of fish. And after a conversation, Jesus says, follow me. Jesus' love for Peter. Jesus' forgiveness for Peter. It's incredible. You see, this whole situation is to call Peter back and say, hey, I still can use you. I still love you. You are still good. And Jesus is telling us this. Do you still love me? Because you need to love me because I love you. You are still useful. You are still good. You are forgiven. You are desired by the creator of the universe. I love you. Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Are you willing to sacrifice familiarity, to sacrifice comfort? Are you wanting to obey my commands? Are you allowing my love to flow out of your life to the world around you? There's so much here. There's so much forgiveness. There's so much love. There's, oh my gosh, do you, I just can't even put it into words how beautiful this is. And you know what? Jesus is asking us that this morning. Do you love me more than anything else? Am I your number one? Because if you put me in the correct priority of your life, your yoke and your burden will be easy. He is a good shepherd. He loves you. He wants and desires that relationship with you, not because he needs it, but because you need it. He wants to share that oneness that he has with the Father and the Holy Spirit with his children, with all of us, with his bride, the church. Do you love him? Jesus is asking all of us that. Do you love me? And as we close, I'm going to leave you with a question. If you were to be put on trial for loving Christ, and I mean really loving Christ, the agape love, highest love ever, if you were to be put on trial for loving him, is there enough evidence to convict you? I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know if you're... Jesus is your homeboy. I don't know if Jesus is Lord and Savior. You're the king of the universe kind of love. I don't know every single one of you watching this. I don't. I pray that you love Christ the way he's asking us to. And I, I pray for those of you who don't know Christ. That you, you find him. You, there are so many. There's so much information at your fingertips. There's so many resources you can use to learn about Christ. There are videos, there's online Bibles, there's telephones you can call people. I pray that you, you look into scripture and you really see what Jesus is calling Peter to because he's calling all of us to it as well. And then if you don't have a home church, I pray that you find a home church. It doesn't have to be Greater Alton. It can be any church where you're at. I don't know where you're at. You could be all over the country from where we're at. But find a church that loves Jesus, loves people, and loves his word and stands firmly on it. Because Jesus is asking all of us, do you love me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so amazing. You are so awesome. I don't understand your love for us. It is so beautiful. You love us so much, even when we failed you so many times 
and you still continue to love us. I pray for your church. I pray that our love for you is evident. I pray that it flows out through these doors, through this video camera, into a dark and suffering world. I want to pray for our country. I pray that you guide our leaders. Uh, I pray that your love affects them and that it urges them to walk in step with your spirit. I pray for our governor. I pray for our president. I pray for all the presidential candidates and all the other candidates around this country, God. I pray that our country can be blessed because we turn to you. I pray that our love will be evident for you. Please use us, God. Use your children to share your love. Help us to spread your love. You were such an amazing father, and we're so blessed to be your children. Thank you so much, Father. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.